You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 82 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And uh, when we wrote our upcoming guide on how to plot a novel, we also talked about character creation. And we mentioned before how important character creation really is. Haven't we talked about that before, Autumn? Oh, yes. We've, we've hinted that characters are kind of important to writing and especially to what readers love so i don't think it's the first time listeners have no. heard us say that <laughs> no indeed yeah in, in the plotting book we centered the process of creating characters around the enneagram personality types yes. so we thought we would take you through the nine different personality types in today's episode here and I don't know if I'm going to be successful, but I'm going to try to do my best to make it a bit entertaining so it's not dry and boring. Oh, but we'll I, see how it goes. Yes, well, I think we'll do our best. I mean, these are really fun personality types. And even just trying to think of characters from movies, I'm so bad at actors' names and stuff. So I, I'm not going to do super yeah, well. Yeah, me too. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But we can try to point out a few individuals, but it that you'll see so quickly why this is fascinating because not only do you get these nine wonderful types of people but they have levels within them so it's easy to work on your character arc and all these things so it's a fantastic method and of course that's why we use it yeah yeah i, th I think it works extremely well for for how we laid it out in the plotting book it, it all it, it makes the character arc so easy to deal with Oh, uh, all of a sudden, you sort of have a bit of a template you can use. And of course, you can modify it as much as you want, but but it gives you a very good starting point. It does. And it's even not even just heroes, but even your villain, It's you can see little quirks and why they're going to act certain ways. And you might not have even thought of. And I just think that is just fantastic. And you can move them up and down the scale as well. So it gives you some great resources for creating some really dynamic characters. Yeah, but before we get that far, is uh, is all well on your end then, Autumn? How is how are things? It is good. Of course, we're recording this like way early because we're getting ahead for the summer. But where we're yeah. sitting <laughs> currently in June, uh, we're actually in I'm in Vermont, and it has actually been a really dry spring. The stream has dried up. We haven't had a significant rain, like over a half an inch, um, in. A month and a half so i'm really hoping we get some rain soon but i do think it's funny i i'm I have a garden going and i'm my mom my mom and my dad are both master gardeners they're amazing gardeners and i've always admired my mom's green thumb but for once oh my gosh my garden looks so good <laughs> i've had so many people come up to me like wow what are you doing and i'm like watering it I fertilize once every seven days because <laughs> I'm basically growing stuff in gravel. When I did the soil test, um, it basically said, congratulations, you have gravel, no organic matter, no nitrogen, no phosphorus, no potassium. So <laughs> and despite this, I have like my tomatoes are beautiful. My cucumbers are blooming. I have shard. It's just I've lettuce. Like nice. we're eating salads every day. So it's amazing. So I I feel very oddly proud of myself and I wish I had a better answer um, when people say, how are you doing? Because, oh, yes, da, 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 my announcement. And we need a little chime. My debut novel, Born of Water, just hit 300 reviews on Amazon. Yeah, I, I saw your post on Facebook. That's absolutely awesome. Isn't that awesome? I am so proud 300 of reviews. That's a lot. It is. And so at least when people ask me, how did you do that? I at least have an answer. If you ask me how I'm managing to grow stuff, oh, well, I think I maybe my mother's green thumb rubbed off on me. Otherwise, I'm watering every day <laughs> and feeding them once a week. Yeah. 
but I, I guess if it's that dry and warm, is is it also these kind of times where you have to watch out for forest fires and stuff like that then? Or? I think if it keeps up, it's going to go that way. There's been some fires north of us in Maine, and I'm really worried, like Quebec and Ontario, I'm only a few hours from the Canadian border. I'm really worried about some bad fires on the East Coast much less the fires that are going to break out on the West Coast this year if we don't get some rain soon. The Arctic um, areas of Canada and stuff have already hit record highs. I think Siberia over the weekend hit 104 degrees. Siberia! Mm. This is not supposed to be 104 degrees, so it's terrifying. No. So, uh, yeah, that could happen. How are things? Hopefully you're not quite as warm as Siberia. How are things in Denmark? <laughs> Well, at least forest fires is not something we have to worry about oh, ever okay. over here. <laughs> that doesn't have happen. No, but it's good. Um, this past weekend, I was out uh, refereeing for the first time oh. since Corona lockdown. Wow. So that was awesome. That must have been awesome. Was it like a normal game? Was there something weird going on after the Corona virus? Uh, well, it was, yeah, more or less a normal game. I mean, there are, when you're, you're doing the fair play, you know, hello thingy, normally you do before, you know, everybody normally as the match starts, every every player says, uh, you know, good match, have a good match to the referee and also to, to the opposing team. Oh, cool. And obviously we can't shake hands. <laughs> so uh, basically we just sort of walk past each other and say it uh, rather than shaking hands. So that part is a bit different. Um, and then on on the pitch, on the side of the pitch, on both sides, there is uh, these uh, large drawn out boxes, basically, mm -hmm. where the players have to stay within those boxes, which is to make sure that they don't get mingled with the crowd, oh, uh, watching okay. spectators and stuff like that. So so there's a few things that are slightly different. Yeah. But in terms of the actual play, it's exactly the same as before. So so that was good. Uh, it, w it, was a, it was a match just be in the league that sits just below the semi-professional level. Wow. So it was quite good because, um, well, one of the teams have played at that level for a bit more than a year whereas the other team just advanced so this was their first match in this new league uh, and it, for them and it, it really showed <laughs> oh. within 45 seconds it, 45 seconds it was a one to nil so it was oh my like <laughs> That's yeah so exciting. it was like welcome to the big boys league it was yeah. like that right <laughs> wow so they they got beat three to nothing so it was it, it was pretty that that I was mean, a big difference that is a big difference but yeah, especially not getting any points in, but you know, it wasn't something outrageous. You know, sometimes in the football in the U.S., you know, it's like forty-six to one to seven or something. It's but yeah, ridiculous. okay, but that never happens in soccer. Yeah. No, it's a little yeah. bit different. Yeah, oh, cool. and then we went to visit some friends in the evening afterwards, oh. and we were back home in bed like three a.m. Oh, uh, so thank God I don't drink alcohol because I we had to get up uh, at. 8 a.m. or I had to get up at a.m. 8 a.m. the day after to take my youngest son to a soccer tournament. So, yeah, I got like five, five hours of sleep. And if if I was drinking alcohol, I would never have gotten up there. But no. thank God I don't do that. <laughs> oh, so I did take a, a nap yesterday afternoon. <laughs> I think that sounds like a well-deserved nap. <laughs> yeah. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So I saw a very cool post in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group from Melanie. Oh yeah. Because yeah, because she discovered that Excel actually have a writing submission tracker template built in. I did see that. And of course I don't I use numbers over Excel, so I wasn't quite as excited, but that is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's cool in the sense that, I mean, of course it can help you keep track of stories and submissions and publications and stuff like that. But I, I just thought it was cool because I never knew that. <laughs> I know. So I, I just felt like that was very helpful to just point that out. I mean, it could be something you just discover, you know, oh, I found this. But the fact that she actually took it and posted it in the Facebook group to help everybody else, I thought that was very cool. So uh, thank yeah. you for sharing, Melanie. Yes, I did think, like I said, I saw that. And I'm like, yeah, that is definitely such a cool feature that it's built right in and 
now that people know all the group people members of the group and everyone we're telling today that is fantastic because it's funny i have been in the fantasy the am writing fantasy facebook group because it's been oh my gosh so many people the last few days have been coming in so i think we've all been yeah pitching yeah. in to welcome folks <laughs> but yes. uh i was looking at mike's post recently because it's at 42 comments just now and he was asking about anyone with main characters um, that are dysfunctional or disabled or autistic, anxiety, OCD, something like that. And man, I, I know there was one comment in there that listed like, boom, 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 everything from Game of Thrones to some of the classics where there were characters that met those qualifications. I was like, darn, man, this guy knows who has read a lot of books and could just organize it very quickly. But it is fantastic to see some of the questions out there. And like I said, 42 comments and they're still coming in on uh, characters that have some kind of disability or dysfunction. Yeah, it's probably more widespread than we think. Really. It really was. When he, like I said, the one, I would have to go back and find um, who came up with the one answer that was just listing off all of these different books. There were ones I had read that I hadn't like thought of it. I just didn't come to mind when you when it was asked. So I was like, wow, that mm. is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't joined us yet, uh, just search for Am Writing Fantasy in the group section of Facebook, and uh, you will find us. Yes, and that one poor person. And on to today's topic. <laughs> you beat me, but yes, there was somebody somebody who um, actually messaged me on Facebook on how to join. So you can do that, and I'm sorry if it takes me a while to get back to you, because sometimes Facebook hides my messages. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So now we're on <laughs> okay, <to> today. So <laughs> on to today's topic, yeah. So, uh, well, my, my wife is a certified... Or she's certified in the Enneagram personality type. So I've had heard a lot about Enneagram types before we even started writing our guide on plotting. Uh, so it sort of made a lot of sense to find ways in which to use the Enneagram to develop fictional characters because I just, I like the entire setup with these personality types because it, it just helps a lot. So, yeah. so that was sort of a our starting point. <laughs> yes. And it's a good one. I and mean, it's funny because I had heard about the Enneagram because I've taken some psychology classes and Adam has taken quite a few psychology classes. And mm -hmm. it's so yeah, we'd both gone through them. We'd both taken the tests before. So it was kind of interesting to be like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of this for characters, but this is so fantastic for characters. It, it is absolutely. I think it is. And uh, but maybe before we sort of go any further, we should just probably be a bit helpful and clarify what this whole anagram deal is all about. That's true. <laughs> yes, if you've never heard of them before, you're like, this is a big word, and I can't even smell it to figure out how to Google it, and that's just kind of mean of us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's basically like a personality categorization system so yes. you have nine different personality types and each one of these personality types view the world different and has a different underlying motivation that drives their life and their feelings so yeah, that, that's basically what it is in, I guess, in a nutshell, if we boil it down. Yeah, I think that's a great explanation for an introduction to it. And just like if someone is more familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality type, that's a very common one in the United States. It's like that, but a lot more nuanced and structured, I think. I think it works very well. I get lost in Myers-Briggs, where this one is just kind of, you can read through it, grasp it, and go like, oh, I got it. I like this one. Mm. Yeah. And I guess I could I could foresee somebody thinking at this point, but you said that there is nine personality types. Is that not like super limited to believe <laughs> that there are only nine personality types in the world? Hmm. But then I would say, no, 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 my <laughs> friend. It is not like that because there are many different ways in which the personality types express themselves. Yes. So while the system has nine personality types, it's in fact a, just a bit more complicated than that. Yes, but, there's another level below the nine as well. Yeah, and, and there there's a lot of uh, well, there's a lot of other things, but actually yes. 
when it comes to fiction writing, we don't need all those <laughs> other things. Very true. So there, there's things like uh, triads and personality wings and all these kind of things that makes every of, every one of those nine personality types different. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there is only nine. You you, you have triads and, and wings and whatnot uh, that makes you different. Um, but the good news is that we don't need all that stuff for fiction writing. So we are basically focusing on the nine types themselves. And uh, I'm thinking what we're going to do is we're just going to go through all nine okay. and explain what they are. And I'll try to see if I can make it a bit entertaining. <laughs> um, and then uh, afterwards, we can just talk a bit about how to use those, uh, how to use them as character arcs as well. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I should probably also say that this is intended as some a bit of fun here. Uh, so <laughs> I don't want it to come across as if, um, you know, I'm passing judgment on any personality types at all. No, there's um, no, yeah, definitely. There's no right or wrong answers here. There's nothing except for maybe being on one of the lower tiers of any of these is a kind of a sad place to be. But otherwise, <laughs> there's... Not nothing. Not, none of them are right. None of them are wrong. None, none of them are better to be other than another one. I think it's if you recognize as what do they say? If you recognize yourself, that's that's fine. It's just a way of understanding yourself. It is not passing judgment. This is just, especially now we're talking about characters for your book. So this is just about creating some really cool characters. Yeah, indeed. So. There is also none of these are better than the others. So they all have their own strengths and weaknesses built in. So, uh, yeah, if you know something about the Enneagram and you think I'm stereotyping a bit too much or making too much fun of something, you know, just know that that's not the intention here. Yeah. It's, I'm just trying to make it a bit entertaining instead of uh, reading out um, very dry uh, personality <laughs> type information because I think that's, that would be, on the flip side, pretty boring. So I do run the risk risk here of maybe offending somebody who feel like I'm uh, passing judgment, but just know that I'm not. No, that is fair <laughs> enough. So hopefully that, that disclaimer is uh, <laughs> out of the way here so we can, uh, we can get started. All right. um, and I think maybe as we go through this, perhaps we can think about which personality type you and I think we are, Autumn, okay. and then uh, afterwards we could just talk about that as well. Sure. Uh, I, I don't think we've ever talked about that before, to be honest. <laughs> I And I actually, I prepared, I pulled out my old Enneagram. It's not that old uh, test to see which one I was. And it is funny because I almost had a triple tie. So I guess I am just complicated, but we could talk about that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what I propose to do is that um, I'll go through all nine. And then maybe once I'm done with each one, I'll just stop there just in case you have something to add or oh, something sure. that I missed or whatever. All right. Um, and then we'll do all nine. And then afterward, we can talk a bit about use, how to use uh, these yes. um, and, and, and which personality type we think we are ourselves. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. So type number one is called the reformer. So this is the type of person who find it extremely important that Things are done right. <laughs> so they want to basically make the world a better place and they do so by using principles. And when they are at their best, the reformer is actually a very amazing and passionate per- person who excels at what they put their mind to. Uh, but do you know the kind of person who can get extremely fixated on a very, very small, tiny detail? Oh, gee, didn't we just talk about that? I don't think I'm legally allowed to say. <laughs> Indeed, yes, we did. <laughs> but I can say bridezilla. I So a bride who's getting ready for her wedding can... It starts worrying about, you know, the arrangements and the colors and if you're off the shoulder dress versus on the shoulder and whether or not you wore a necklace. And yeah, that's a total reformer type on the downside, the bad side. But I mean, at the good side, this is someone who could go change the world. I mean, we could possibly look at some really big climate change activists. They might be reformer types, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So 
when they're at their bad side, they, they have a tendency to focus on small details that really doesn't matter that much. You know, they can be super obsessive about <laughs> it and just cannot seem to relax. You know, they can be uh, like, um, if there's a picture hanging there and it's slightly crooked, they can go, get completely hung up on why it's crooked and it should be straightened. Or they could be like, let's say they come over to your house and they just park their car and they, they ring on the doorbell and you open the door and then they say something like, you know, I just couldn't help to notice as I entered here. That, and I don't mean this the wrong way, but your <laughs> car is quite dirty. Oh. You should probably clean it, but don't use regular soap water. I, I found this environmental and specialized product that everyone should use. <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand why you wouldn't do, use it. It's three times as expensive, but you'll make the world a better place if you use it. So you, you can oh. see that. Yeah. Hmm. So And then the person would probably also go like, here, I'll, I'll just text you an image of the product so you can go and buy it you know <laughs> i so, think i know a couple of these <laughs> yeah this can be type number one so they have a tendency as as i said before right they they view the world or they they use principles to maneuver the world and try to make the world a better place so they mean well by it yeah but they do see the world very black or white there, yeah. there is either right or there is wrong there's very little in between for them Sounds fair. And yeah, I definitely can point out a few of those folks in the world. But yeah, I know they mean well at heart. They just yeah, might get a little yeah. tied up sometimes on the banalities of it. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, type number one. Anything more to add on that? No, I think that covered it very well. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to type number two, which is called the helper. Uh, and as it says in the title there, this person is someone who goes out of, the, out of their way to help others. So when the helper is at their best, they are extremely generous and they care a lot for other people. At their worst, mm. well, that's a different matter. <laughs> so this pers person then at their worst just doesn't know when to say no to others. Mm. You know, they can be like neck deep in a million tasks. And then when their significant other comes home from work and ask if the helper will cook dinner, he or she will be like, oh, yeah, 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 of course I will. Of course, I'll get right <laughs> on that. And, then and while the person is probably juggling laundry, cleaning and work uh, and some sort of work assignment uh, for their day job at the same time, you know, they will still want to get right on that cooking of dinner. And in the end, of course, because the helper takes on so many things, they will let somebody down mm -hmm. at, in the end. And that's where the unhealthy type number two will quickly resort to melodrama. So they'll be like, Oh my God, I have suffered and tortured myself for you and you're not even grateful. <laughs> and maybe you'll say, well, sorry, but you were the one who said that you were going to turn that work assignment in today. Yeah. And then they might be like, are, are you mad at me? I get the sense that you're really <laughs> mad at me. No, I'm not mad. You, you can just complete your assignment tomorrow. It's because I did something wrong, isn't it? What is wrong with me? Please tell me. So that's probably... <laughs> The unhealthy type too. Yes, that's a fun one. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm gonna have to try to be serious a little bit because I, on the good scale, type twos helpers, I admire them so much because they're warm and generous. I think the the woman whose property I'm currently living in is definitely maybe a type two. She is the biggest heart and just never suspicious. Just always just the biggest, brightest smile and so compassionate. And I must be a mm. little bit more jaded than that. I don't think I'm an helper. Hint, hint. <laughs> if anyone <laughs> asks. But I admire that. But oh, the other side, the melodramatic side, I get that. I don't get that at either. That other one, it's like, well, if you couldn't take it on, just say no. Don't sit there and complain that, you know, well, I didn't want to let you down. Well, you didn't get it done anyway, so I'm still let down. <laughs> Yeah, it's a well. That, yeah, number two doesn't see it like that. It's no. just too difficult to say no. It is, and I do understand that idea of you know wanting to be the one who's there for people. And it, I think every child and every parent has that little bit of a helper somewhere in there where you don't want to let that other person down. So it's a really good type. And 
like I said, I admire them so much because there's without them, the world would be not quite as happy and bright and kind of place. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, okay. So I think we're ready to move on to number three. Oh, yes. And type number three is called the Achiever. So at their best, threes are genuine and confident personalities. So they want to feel valuable, hence the name, the Achiever. Yes. Um, And if you've played a board game with a number three, (laughs) you will know that they are not only competitive, but they are so to an annoyingly high degree. (laughs) You know, they could be screaming things like, I'm like the best chess player that ever lived. You are the loser, loser. I can't believe how great I am at this game. Number three. I don't think I want to play a board game with an achiever. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, No, and and also threes cannot stand to be wrong. mm. And they will go out of their way to explain how what they did was absolutely perfect and it was flawless. And uh, this also goes as far as if they're unhealthy uh, on the scale of threes, then it goes as far as to invent stuff about themselves and their own accomplishment as well. So they could be saying things like, well, it's actually so that when I was 15, I played in an official tournament against the best chess player in the world. And yes, I beat his ass. <laughs> but you can't as, find as well. anything about it, right? Because <laughs> it's not No, online. no, of course not. It was a secret <laughs> match that we only did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah please don't Google it. Don't Google it. Put, the, put away your phone. Uh, and in the flight home, I also came up with the business idea for TikTok. So I oh. actually invented that. Oh, yeah. wow. That's so. Um, so that'll be your unhealthy achiever. achiever. You gotta watch uh, what they say because you might not believe them, but their 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 belief of it can make you almost believe it. So that's a tough one. Yeah, and it's 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 yeah. They they will just do anything to avoid admitting that they were wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I do know someone like that. Hmm. It was, yeah. yeah long time ago a co-worker now i understand them better yeah yeah well yeah, I, mean, I know i actually had a previous co-worker like that as well it was amazing what kind of stories that he could come <laughs> up with jesus it was well, like you should almost believe he was an astronaut or something as well <laughs> huh that would be i i do remember a joke once where i was on a cruise and we're like we could be anything we want to be they don't know who we are but um I don't think we went really forward with it, but that would have been fun. That would have been a total achiever thing to do to start just making up who you are when you're in a new place. But this is somebody who does it every day. So uh, I think a healthy achiever could be interesting as long as I tone it down. I don't know if I can take yelling and having their greatness shoved in my face. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so number four. Number four. The number four is called the individualist. So when the individualist is at their best, they are very creative, uh, emotionally honest, and focused on the beauty of the world. Mm. Yeah. However, those who are not at their best (laughs) can really, really struggle with any dissatisfaction in their life. So they always want to have something that they can't have. So... If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, a husband or a wife who's a type four, they can be looking for like the perfect soulmate that probably doesn't exist at all. So they constantly desire everything that others have as well. So like a better house, a better car, a better job. Anything can just make these people envious. Ugh. And because they feel like they are never complete or whole as a person, it just makes them constantly search for that missing piece of themselves. Mm. And maybe also just to pull it down on an even like smaller scale. So it could be like, so let's say the unhealthy number four, you, you're having, you're having a burger with this person. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting both down in your, and then number four will say, I just wish my burger tasted as good, as good as yours. <laughs> oh no. And you might say, it's the same burger. <laughs> we are having ex- the exact same burger. <laughs> I know, but I feel like yours are still better than mine. I just wish that mine was as good as yours. 
And I would be like, okay, let's switch. And they'd be like, no, mine was better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they would be like, no, no, I don't want yours. I just wish <laughs> mine was as good as yours. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you make the, the high level, you know, the one that's well-functioning, creative. And it sounds so beautiful. Like, I would like to be this creative and inspiring person that just, you know, wants to express myself, inspires others to do the same thing. But the downside, I guess, if you're having um, a bad year, bad life, is just, I would be sick of myself so fast. So <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, 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 am, I am obviously not this one either, because I am hopelessly usually content with my um, situation, at least finding at least the, bad, the best side of where I'm at. So I hmm. just couldn't imagine just going imagine that someone else's drink is better or that person who's always clicking the remote because they think there's something better on tv i have physically taken the remote away from um an ex-boyfriend actually so yeah i think i dated one of these (laughs) (laughs) it didn't last (laughs) no (laughs) oh okay all right type five are you ready for one more yeah let's go for five number five the investigator all right so At their best, type fives are insightful, curious, and very perceptive. So because of their ability to research and understand rather complex matters, they also have the ability to see the world in innovative new ways. The downside is that the investigator hates feeling useless. (laughs) So they often struggle with anything that makes them feel incompetent. So if there's a topic that comes up that they don't really know that much about, Mm -hmm. then the investigator will be the one who rushes home, buys 15 books on the topic (laughs) from Amazon, watch 35 YouTube videos, and they just absorb it all. Because God forbid that there's anything that the type five doesn't know. Is that like that meme where you see the ones like, when did you become a brain surgeon? And the author's like, last night. (laughs) (laughs) yes that's that's an investigator awesome yeah yeah indeed but of course because of all of this then for type number five life can also feel really demanding Mm. and type five often don't believe themselves that they have the needed energy to deal with everything that is thrown at them because every time they face something they don't don't know they need to know it Uh. so so they struggle with energies and as a result they often socially detach themselves. And also because of all the things that they know, they also know the stuff that they don't know. <laughs> so they research even more because of that. They see so, that gap. <laughs> yeah, they see the gap and, and they don't focus on all the stuff that they do know. Instead, they basically um, start doubting themselves a lot because the more they read, the more they become aware that there's other stuff that they don't know, so they will start doubting themselves even more. So it's it's it, it can horrible. become a very vicious uh, cycle, uh, cycle yeah. for them. Oh, that's horrible. That does sound like a really tough one. So on the upside, they're innovative and alert and perceptive, and they can create some just problem solve. I could imagine this is just a great problem solver. They see the world differently, or as. Um, I definitely we joke uh, my husband and I, I he doesn't he doesn't see outside the box he doesn't even see the box so I definitely think he goes <laughs> to the investigator side there's no box for him he's just in another universe <laughs> from the box yeah. and he sees solutions that it's just like oh Oh, actually, there was a movie. It was a, a Cinderella movie, and it had Da Vinci in it for some reason, which is why I remember it because I loved Leonardo Da Vinci. I was born on the same day, so he's one of my heroes. And he comes up and he gets Cinderella out of a locked door by taking off the hinges. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're amazing! You're a miracle! You figured out how to open this locked door." And he's like, "Yes, I will go down in history for opening a door." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, it is because everyone else was looking at the lock. He looks at the other side and he takes off the hinges. That's an investigator. Indeed, indeed, yes. Okay, so we're up to number six. Yes. Are you ready for this one? I am ready for this one. Okay, so number six is the loyalist. So this person is funny, compassionate, very reliable. So at their best, they are faithful and self-sacrificing. It's a very productive person who looks towards the common good. Mm. 
Yeah, so that's yeah, good. That's and now you I get want... ready for the bad side. I know. I was gonna say, just stop there. I want this person as my sidekick. I want, if I'm the hero, I want this person as my sidekick. Just slate that in. Make sure they're a high functioning loyalist. Because <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. Then you don't want the the downside. Yeah, because what's this the downside? Pretty bad oh, now. All right. What is it? <laughs> yeah, because Type Six has a very deep need to feel secure. Oh. And that can evolve into crazy anxiety for them. Oh, no. You know, they'll be like, what if that, that dark cloud overhead there will suddenly throw a lightning bolt at me? Oh, you know, no. The, the entire world is probably, no, not probably, most definitely against me. So nobody can be trusted. Oh. And uh, while they can act pretty decisively in mm. a crisis situation, right afterward, they will fall completely apart. Oh, no. Yeah, and they will uh, always look for the worst case scenario. So if you're going to go camping with this person, the type number six will probably create like a, a whole list of all the things that can go wrong and all the things you need to do to avoid them. I, I was just going to say, I don't so, want to go camping with this person. <laughs> and then you said camping. No. Oh my goodness. No, I'm thinking though, Sam from the Lord of the Rings sounds totally like a loyalist, even to the point, I mean, being a hobbit, yes, he wants, I think you so. know, he wants the comfort as well. I mean, he, he goes up and down the scale. And so looking at that character, you can kind of see how the scale system works, where if you are tired, having a really bad day, you're going to fall down the scale and you're just going to sit there and talk about the rocks are going to fall down and you're going to be eaten by the giant spiders and Gandalf hates you today. And if you're having a good day, you're the one who's going to rescue Frodo, which is awesome so that's a really kind of a good example yeah i think uh, sam is actually an excellent example because there's also several times throughout the lord of the rings where he will start being concerned about uh mr frodo i'm not sure this is a good idea yeah, and uh, yeah, he yeah. does that several times he, he becomes very insecure yeah oh, yeah so yeah i still will take one a loyalist at a high functioning level preferably but i i will be there to support them on the bad days that would be a good sidekick <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so type number seven mm. is the enthusiast all right so as implied by the name this person loves to share what he or she is excited about <laughs> so it's a very people-oriented person who who usually has a ton of friends. Oh, okay. So they are very fun to be around when they are at their best, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone likes a high-functioning person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's good and bad in, in all uh, of these. Exactly. Uh, when they are not at their best, they are basically constantly looking to fill an emptiness that they feel inside. they oh, feel inside of themselves. That sounds so sad. So... Yeah, perhaps someday they'll feel content if they can just experience one more thing. Mm. You know, who says that you can't head off to climb Mount Everest next week? Yeah, we should certainly do that. <laughs> and then perhaps on the way home, we could run the New York Marathon. Yes, that, that's also a good idea. That would actually be great. And then I just need a pair of new running shoes and I'm going to visit the new shopping mall right now and find a new <laughs> pair. Bye-bye. See you. <laughs> Oh no. That's number I, seven. So that I was gonna say, I think there's definitely um on the lots of friends and so the enthusiasm and all of those things, that's probably my mom and my mom and I are at about opposite types so she's such an extrovert so this is an extroverted go out conquer the world going to go do all this stuff uh it sounds great but boy that's a tough one for me uh, if you're a quiet introvert you probably don't want to hang out with an enthusiast you're gonna get stressed out <laughs> you're gonna get stressed out you're basically gonna strangle them <laughs> yeah i mean basically the enthusiast is always looking for something else to do yeah. always <laughs> They, they, they just can't settle down and, and relax for just a bit. You know, they always have to do something uh, and they get bored very fast. And also, as you can imagine, sevens have a problem finishing anything <laughs> because they basically just jump from one thing to <laughs> the next all the time. Oh, that's so, a good point. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think they would be an interesting character to throw into a book, but I think on a personal level... I would only be able to take small doses. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, if you're with them for one evening or something, it's probably going to be very entertaining. Oh, but living with them might the be the most exciting evenings of the year for me because after that, I'll be in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, type number eight, we're right. almost to the end almost, now. Yeah. So, type number eight is the challenger. So, Eight are when they are at their best. They are amazing friends and partners. Mm. Uh, so they can both assume a leader role, but they can also follow. Oh, so they are very, very resourceful people. Um, when they are not at their best, it's an entirely different matter. Though. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eights just hate to be controlled by others. Oh. And as a result, they tend to dominate their environment. Okay. So this is the only way that the eight believe that no one will be able to harm them is basically by dominating. Oh, that's interesting. So if things go wrong, uh-huh. it's of course never number eight's fault. <laughs> so the eight will see him or herself as a pure and very, very honest person so because of that, it is inconceivable that such a person could have any kind of negative effect on others, right? Right. What? So if they have to admit that they were wrong or did something wrong, it takes away from their feeling of control and they don't mm. like that. So they don't do it. So uh, let's say that number eight forgot to do the dishes. Ooh. And you might ask, did you do the dishes? And number eight will say, what? No. But we agreed that you would do that while I did the grocery shopping. I don't think I was part of that planning. Oh. (laughs) Well, we sat right here at this table and agreed it. Was that when I was reading emails on my tablet? Yeah, exactly. So you do remember it. You shouldn't make agreements with me when I'm not paying attention. (laughs) You need to talk to me at the right times. Oh, that's definitely (laughs) controlling. Yeah, and it's not number eight's fault, of course. Of course, he not. has absolute he or she has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he didn't he or she didn't do the dishes. Yeah, that's it's because of course the other person's fault that they made the arrangement or agreement in a wrong wrong time. Time that could be. I could see definitely the bad side. This is someone who is controlling and could definitely be abusive to those around them as they they force other because it's always someone else's problem always someone else's mistake that impinged on them so that's a problem but i love the idea of a a strong especially like as a leader like this is like a perfect mentor figure someone who can be a leader but can also say it is your time to fly i'm gonna let you go first and i will follow you and support you in this i mean that's just beautiful this is who you want as a mentor this is that person you want on the on the team with you but as long as they're on a good day not a bad day otherwise they might be (laughs) telling you it's your fault that they just led you into the dragon's lair (laughs) which would be actually a really good comedic moment um if you want to write that one out but Uh, oh my god yes so one more one more nine number nine the peacemaker. So the healthy number nine is very, very flexible and probably one of the best people in the world to sit down with for a heartfelt conversation. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. So the peacemaker wants to feel like their presence matters. Mm-hmm. And that's why they are natural born mediators and they always search for peace and stability. That sounds nice. So, I like that. Yeah. So good so far. <laughs> so far, so good. How can yeah. we screw this up? <laughs> well, all of this then feeds into their basic fear, which is conflict. Oh, so they oh, worry yeah, a lot sense. about losing relationships. Okay. And they will go out of their way to avoid any kind of conflict. Oh, that doesn't sound good. No, and this also goes as far as to basically neglecting their own feelings and priorities in order to avoid that conflict that they fear so much. Mm. So they can, because of all of this, they can be quite prone to anxiety and they will not finish anything they start. So if you've ever sort of experienced a person who talks about doing the laundry forever but never do it, (laughs) well, now you know why. (laughs) 
So it sometimes it's the simple act of making a decision that can feel completely overwhelming when the number nine is at their worst. So it's hell when you simultaneously are trying to please yourself and others at the same time. So what if you're at the library and you want to take a book out, Mm -hmm. but then you start wondering, but what if somebody else also wants to read this book? Oh no. (laughs) Then I can't take it. No, no, I, but I really want to read this. I should take it. No, no, but I can't. So it's, just decision making is horrible and tormenting to this is number like, nine. Yeah, when they're at the worst. What do you want for dinner? But what do you want? What we'll have whatever you want, but I want to know what you want. <laughs> just <laughs> she would never get anywhere. That's horrible. <laughs> oh. yeah. I might know one or two of these in my life, I, I have to admit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they're on the mild yeah, side. Probably if, if if we think enough about it, we probably most we probably know most of these in oh, somebody yes. that we know. You Absolutely. Know? At least parts um, of them. If- of course, throughout my nine examples here, I'm also exaggerating and put it sort of on edge right on purpose. Uh, but um, but I think it, it, it shows quite well how they are all very different. They are. And I think that I mean, when it comes down to it, if we're choosing one as a character in a novel, you do have to kind of push it and emphasize it. I mean, that's sort of all of writing fantasy and fiction writing was we are it's all ramped up a little bit it's not real life you're kind of pushing everyone to their limits constantly mm. so mm. I think that's fair i think our examples are very fair right so did any of these sort of stick out to you do you know which one you are well i know and it's funny because i do see like I mentioned, when I took the test, I ranked almost all of mine are within points of each other. It's like one point difference for the top four. And okay. I don't know if that's common, but they basically had said, you know, you're probably one of these three. So I thought that was funny. And I do on certain days and depending on, because I, I am left brain, right brain. So I am creative, but I'm also scientific at the same time. So I'm organized as well as chaos. So I right. do, I do, depending on if I'm currently like, if I'm working on formatting, I'm definitely more one way. And if I'm doing something far more creative, like drawing, I'm more the other way. But my top one, which surprises me looking at it now, because I think I must have taken this when I was formatting something, um, was an Achiever was my top one. And it was Achiever, Investigator were tied, and then I was also a Peacemaker. So I think those are valid, but I think I stream between all three of them, possibly daily, but definitely weekly. But yes, there are definitely times I see a little bit of myself in a lot of them. Well, yeah, that, that's also, I mean, again, we don't need to get into for fictional writing about wings and whatnot, but exactly. it, it's quite normal that if you take the test that um, depending on the situation you're in right now, you might be sort of etching more to one of your wings mm-hmm. rather than the one you actually are. So so it, dep- it depends on the situation you're in when you're taking the tests as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, like I said, yeah. your mindset. There's so many things that could be going on in your life and could be pushing you one way or another, and you're relying on yeah. one of those other traits that you have instead of... You'd probably have to take yeah. it a few times and see which one kind of keeps popping up towards the top. Yeah, I mean, in the Enneagram, uh, the idea is that you are one of these. You are not several of them, but but you can sort of borrow from one or the other at times depending on, on which life situation you were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them borrow more from others than... than than again than others do so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but so I that's the and I think yeah. a large por- a large portion of it that you can take the test to try to figure out which one you are but a lot of it is also just about reading about the personality type to sort of feel within yourself which one do you feel most aligned with yes um that will usually give you the the best answer I think I think so too and you again you'll see aspects of like you said, with the wings and other things, I would say, because I like the Peacemaker one, but I am far more decisive. So I know that's definitely lower on the list. So the Investigator or maybe the Achiever are probably pretty legit for me. <laughs> How about you? What do you think you are? I'm number eight. You are? Yeah. A Challenger. That's where, Isn't that what it was? Yes, that's correct. Wow. I see. I wouldn't yeah. have guessed that. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now I must think about this for a while. So that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think this whole Enneagram stuff is very, oh. very interesting. Um, so we'll put a link in the show notes to the Enneagram as a whole. So you can go to the website and read more about it if, if you're interesting. Uh, even outside of fiction writing, I, I, I do find it very, very oh, interesting. It's so fascinating um, to wonder why people tick. I think all good writers, all, all people who get into character development end up being psychologists to some little degree we kind of like this stuff and yes and plus in the show notes too we will put in a link to the plotting book which we currently have on pre-order where we go over how to use these enneagrams to create characters like we've been talking about today correct yeah and in the plotting book as well we have actually listed out all the steps between the very healthy one and the very unhealthy one. That's right. And basically that's how you can use the, to develop the character arc. So you can sort of slide the character in and say, okay, they are at this level. And then by the end of this book or the final book in the trilogy or whatever it may be, I want them at that level. And then of course you can slide them up or down depending on what you want and, and what the sto- where the story takes them. But by using those steps that we have listed in the plotting book, it becomes very, very easy for you to understand how to slide them up and down. Where will they end at the end of their arc from a personality point of view? Uh, and yeah, you'll have to read it in the plotting book itself, but I can promise you some of the worst cases for some of these <laughs> ends really, really, really bad. <laughs> very bad. You can definitely put some characters into some very dark places, which is great for an insane villain. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but but also you can also start the character out on a very low level That's and then true. move them upwards so that by the end of the series they've become a much much better version of themselves. Very so true. that's also cool. Very cool. Yeah. So we'll add a link to that as well as Autumn said in the show notes. Uh, it is on pre-order when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. But once we reach the 3rd of August and that's 2020 if you're listening to this later, but the 3rd of August 2020 the price of that book will go up. In fact, it will double. Mm. So if you're interested, I recommend that you go and purchase the pre-order right now as long as you can get it for a half price. So uh, yeah, there is a link in, in the show notes there. Sounds good. Okay, so we hope you enjoyed today's episode next Monday. And if all goes well there, I will have a very interesting interview lined up for you. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.